the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon and greetings to you. I've been thinking about this. Is there a name, is there a word, I should say, for it's the end of the day, you've done everything at your workspace, you get in your car, the day's over, you lock the doors of your car, right before you start the car, there's a moment. Yeah. It's that. It's a lot of different emotions, right? That moment. I wonder what that name would be called well i don't know what you'd call it because in the summer that can't last long or because it's so hot in your car no it's just it really is it's just five seconds at the most mm-hmm. and then you turn the key right. and get on with it and then you're headed home to everything else with the ride home right yeah but there's a there's a brief secondary i know what you're saying exultation yes Relief, uh, a shedding of responsibility yes. before you change hats and become something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've just been thinking and about And for that. those of us who have a commute home of any distance, that's the transitional period. Right. Where you leave your work self and become your home self. Mm-hmm. And I have several friends who had very short commutes this past year. Yeah. Uh, they're both teachers. And for this year, they actually are looking forward to a longer commute mm. because they needed more time to transition. Decompression space. Exactly. Right? They didn't like living so close to home because they couldn't shed the work thing right. in enough time. And then you become husband, wife, mm-hmm. father, right. whatever that mm-hmm. you are as you transition. I've just been thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks for being with us here. The uh Four o'clock hour of the ride home. I'm John Hall with Kathy Emmons. Kath, good to see you as well. Thank you. Good news from the Bucks today. Yes, mm-hmm. the Bucks win today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the fourth game of the series with Atlanta, and they could have won every one. Yeah, they could have. I was at the ballpark last good. night. <laughs> I loved that game so much. Yeah. I mean, it was there were mistakes by the Pirates. Can I cough? Yeah, please do. No, this is what <laughs> coughing's coming to you. Is this? Oh no, please tell me. I don't you're know not what's pick- happening. Right, right. Wouldn't be a surprise though. No. Um, the Pirates made some mistakes, yeah. clearly. Um, striking out looking at the end of the game, mm, Hank Davis. Mm. I love him, but I was so really surprised. Was we, sad. we could have won that game in the night. Oh, yeah. But that is a fun team to watch. Listen, we went to games last year, and by the end of the season, mm. I was like, you know what? I don't even care if I come back. Right. This is the most boring team to yeah. watch. That is not how I feel it this year. It is not, no, yeah. Yeah, so that's good news. Uh, Bucks are looking good. I'm so sorry you're coughing. Yeah, that that is actually upsetting. What what is happening? Wait, a a listener um, on Facebook said I should chew Nicorette gum. That that would help with the cough. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Like 
instead of. But it's going to give you nicotine. I'll have some Paul Malls, <laughs> pack of Chesterfields. Huh? I don't know. Virginia why Slims. What are people smoking today? Uh, well, they're vaping. Oh yeah, I guess they are. Right. What are people like smoking? Like Winston so tastes good. Like a, people can, doing that. Can you even buy Winston's anymore? I think I don't know. I don't know. Or Salem's. Or I don't you know. know. Oh, those somehow, memories. Somehow in our nation, though, uh, you know, we spent fifty years trying to explain to Convince the populace people. that. Smoking was bad, right. and now that everybody wants to legalize weed, now we're telling everybody how good it is. Oh, it's fine. It's good for it's medicinal. It's fine. It's good. change you your smoke. life for the better forever. I, do, I can't believe it. Coming like up this. on today's program at five ten, I'm super excited to have Liz Bruning with us. She's a staff writer at the Atlantic, my favorite writer at the Atlantic, and she's going to uh, come and talk to us about the death penalty. This is something that we've been thinking a lot about here in the Western Pennsylvania region since the Tree of Life uh, trial just wrapped up last week. And and uh, Liz is going to give us her perspective. She's a Catholic woman. She is an outstanding writer, um, one of the most provocative that I think is working in uh, the U.S. today. So very excited about that at mm-hmm. 510. Uh, also, uh, a story from The Mirror, The Daily Mirror in London, that there's a boss who uses a coffee cup test in every interview, and he won't hire anybody who fails it. A coffee cup test. The coffee cup test. All right, good. Look forward to hear that. That's at 5.35. And then in this hour, our friend Neil Planting will be with us in just a little bit uh, to talk about that book that we've raved about over and over again called Under the Wings of God. The question for today is, are you afraid of goodness? Mm -hmm. Afraid of goodness. Of course, you'd say, no, I'm not afraid of goodness. Well, it comes to the terror. But but he thinks maybe you are. Children and nightmares. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else? Oh, I have some news. Uh, oh, what's the news? Yeah, well, I mean, oh, some good news. there's some music and stuff. Okay, all right, fine. So then uh, with the news stories of the day, because it is a Thursday afternoon, uh, without further ado, uh, the top four at four. For Thursday, August 10th, mm-hmm. 2023. Here it is. Number one. The death toll rose dramatically overnight on Hawaii's island of Maui, where a fast-moving wildfire nearly destroyed the historic town of Lahaina. The wildfire killed at least 36 and damaged or destroyed more than 270 structures. Officials warned that the death toll could rise with multiple fires on the island still burning. Evacuations are continuing today with officials saying that buses would be provided to take people from the disaster area on the western part of the island to a shelter or uh, a placing at Maui's airport. Hawaii Department of Transportation Director Edward Sniffen said at a Wednesday night news conference that 11,400 travelers got out of Maui earlier in the day. Wow. How about that? President Biden approved a federal disaster declaration for Maui. The move makes federal funding available to people on the island affected by the fires. Number two. Good news. Iran released four jailed Americans and placed them under house arrest today with the intention of allowing them to travel to the U.S. in the coming weeks. Good. Uh, This has been a months-long diplomatic push by the Biden administration. A fifth American, also already under house arrest, is set to be allowed to leave Iran next month along with the other four. The White House National Security Council said, quote, we will not rest until they are all back home in the U.S. Outstanding. Come on home. Do you know who's been, uh, you know, we don't have diplomatic ties with Iran um, because ever since the 79 revolution. But do you know who's been negotiating on our behalf? No. Kissinger. No. Who? Switzerland. Switzerland? Mm -hmm. The Swiss. Mm -hmm. I think they probably brought coffee and chocolate for both sides. And sit down. No one's leaving. Have a cup of coffee and some chocolate. Exactly. 
Uh, you can read more about that at the Wall Street Journal. Number three, Barbie set to open in the Middle East today, what? but moves by Kuwait and Lebanon to ban the film for threatening conservative values have raised questions over how widely it actually will be released. The film seems to have drawn fire because of its flamboyance and broad message of inclusion and gender equality in a region where homosexuality is widely seen as taboo. Kuwait announced its ban, saying that the film promotes ideas and beliefs that are alien to the Kuwaiti society and public order. In Lebanon, the culture minister said the film was found to contradict values of faith and morality and to promote homosexuality and sexual transformation. We'll see how that goes. The Warner Brothers movie has grossed over $1 billion in less than a month. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's uh, faster than any other movie in the Warner Brothers studio, including Harry Potter. Have you seen it? Nope. Not yet. But Lexi has. Read more about that at today's Associated Press. And number four, I've got a weird animal update for you. Oh, an update. Yep, I do. Chompers, the Kiski River alligator that led officials and volunteers on a week-long search. Remember, the, the, two, the two guys put the alligator in the front of their kayak. Someone's pet. Which I'm still trying to figure out. Anyway, he was delivered to an undisclosed alligator foster family in Allegheny County. Really? And I want you to know that he's settling in nicely. A foster family? Yep. So it's a short stay. Yes, it is. A Chompers is not being aggressive and is already accepting food, which indicates he's not too stressed out or scared. Why would he be stressed, right? Well, why wouldn't he be stressed? He was just in somebody's kayak. Yeah. That's your top four at four. Excellent. All right. So what's going to happen to him, I wonder? He's going to end up in a sanctuary? Yes. An alligator sanctuary. So he's going to end up at Nate's Reptile Rescue, which is a Pittsburgh-based nonprofit that accepts animals whose owners can no longer care for them. Um... But right now he's eating raw chicken, mice, and rats. Why don't they send him to Florida? Right, put him in the Everglades. Are they going to put him on a plane? What, what are they? What we are talking about an orca. On a exactly, plane. that's what I mean. Right, he's healthy and plump. They said so. He's well, well fed. Yeah, he's super chill. Doesn't try to strike. Apparently, it seems like he was hand raised and intelligent. But there, but different educational programs yeah. are trying to book Chomper. What do you mean? Oh, bring him in for like a, a school assembly. Exactly. A Apparently, uh, he's like a reptile rock star, today's trip says. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, programs preschool through grade 12. They think they want to use Chomper to show that while these animals may be cool, cute, and intelligent, they do not make good pets. Mm -hmm. You said he's intelligent. Mm -hmm. So they can do like basic math. I think maybe right. they will. He might grow to be six feet tall. Six feet long. And after this is all done, after the, they might, he might be transported to a reptile sanctuary in Texas or Florida. Oh, uh, there sure. it is. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Well, Chompers has a bright future. Yeah. And you know, he how old? How long do you think he'll live? Uh, What's the estimate? Sixty years. Fifty to seventy. Hey, That's very a pretty nice. good estimate. Excellent. Very good. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick. By the way, break. we don't know whether Chomper is a male or female. Oh, we don't. Not yet. <laughs> His, <laughs> the gender is undetermined. Okay. Well, he fits right in with American society. Then we just call Chompers they. All right. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Dr. Carl Truman is with us. Why I Became an American Citizen. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up from Bible teacher Chuck Swindoll. The question would come from the mind of a young Christian. How do I go through a time when I am under attack? How does a preacher keep from fighting back? Hear Chuck Swindoll present comforting application on this topic and more when his study in 2 Peter continues this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? 
Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free social security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by being informed. Get this free Social Security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word SECURITY to 412-515-3555. That's SECURITY to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. On MyPillow's 20th year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their my pillows you'll receive a queen size my pillow for 1998 regular price is 69.98 and just ten dollars more for a king size in addition to this special anniversary offer the my pillows you also receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as bed sheets mattress toppers pet beds mattresses my slippers and so much more Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954, use promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Word FM presents the Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar. Enter now for your chance to win the perfect date night for two. August 18th, our grand prize couple will be swept away on our Gateway Clipper dinner cruise, followed by a romantic night stay at the mansions on 5th. Grand prize to be awarded August 11th, followed by three more weekly dinner for two gifts giveaways during August. The Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar, creating lasting relationships with customers for over 50 years. Enter now at wordfm.com. From Grove City College, Dr. Carl Truman is back with us. Dr. Truman has been a regular guest of ours over the many years. His brand new book is called Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. But today, Carl, we welcome you because you wrote a really wonderful piece mm-hmm. about becoming an American citizen. Welcome back. Thanks very much for having me back. Uh, I was disturbed when you said I've been around for many years. Very old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we don't mean many years, I mean, Carl. I mean, not just, 70 or 80 yeah. years. She's, not yet. He, said it, he should have said just a couple years. <laughs> right. um, okay, so you were born in England, Carl. I was, um, yeah. And I thought it was interesting that you started out your article in First Things kind of contrasting how uh, you think about being uh, born in England and then being born in America or moving to America or being an American citizen. And I had not thought about kind of the overarching power or lineage of the British monarchy kind of giving a different feeling to that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that the, if you're British or if you're English, you, you think of nationality in a way different, I think, to Americans. Uh, uh, nationality is very much tied to, to place. It's tied to history. Uh, my impression of America, after living here for many years now, is that America is much more tied to a kind of the history of an idea, 
uh, a vision of the future in some ways. And it, I've said to students, you know, they could go to Britain, they could become British citizens, but in my mind, they would always be just Americans who had British passports. Mm. Whereas when you come to America, I think when you become an American citizen, Americans really do think of you as Americans. Yes. It's a fascinating difference in imagination, I think, perhaps. Is yes. And so you are an American, Carl. Now, I love this because you talk about, and I believe this is true, the greatest motion pitch you ever made, The Godfather, with those iconic opening lines. <laughs> yes. Uh, when The uh, the Undertaker declares, uh, I believe in America, it, it sort of captures the idea that, you know, one would never say, I believe in England. Yeah, I, I love England. It's my homeland in many, many ways. But it makes no sense to say I believe in it yes. because it's not an idea in the way that America is. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, you know, my great-grandparents came here from Poland, uh, and I have photos of them. I never knew them. Um, and so I guess I want to ask you about your immigration story. I, I understand that you were born in England and came here. But more than that, I want to know what it was like. Well, it was it's a little bit odd, really, because my wife and I emigrated to the United States around about August the 16th, uh, 2001, wow, almost yes. exactly 22 years ago today. But of course, that was just three or four weeks before 9-11 happened. Uh, and so we really arrived at America at a, a, at a point where everything was about to change. So... We really, I think, lived in a country that has, we, we've witnessed both as sort of outsider insiders the dramatic transformation of America over the last 22 years. So the country we moved to has been constantly shifting during our time here, which is a, a somewhat disorienting, but also intellectually a rather fascinating experience. Yes. And you say it, all that sounds in your essay very bleak, but why did you become an American then? Well, I, I think a, a number of reasons. Uh, one, I'm, I'm likely never going back uh, back home. My retirement funds, my kids, my granddaughter are all over here, so there's a huge anchor. There's that sort of what we call you know, pragmatic dimension. But also I think uh, my wife and I talked it over, and we felt very strongly that you know, we come to America, uh, and we've done pretty well here, and we're very grateful uh, that America allowed us to stay as guests in the country, really, for for nearly 22 years. And we decided it was time to to commit uh, uh, as a way, of, in some ways, of, of showing sort of, of gratitude, if yeah. you like, mm -hmm. indicating that we're thankful for America. A lot of Americans at the moment don't seem very thankful for America, but I rarely met an immigrant like myself who isn't deeply thankful for America. Mm -hmm. that is. And with that, you tell the story of... When your son became an American citizen, at the end of the ceremony, something remarkable happened. Yes, it was a Ghanaian immigrant who led the... What, what happens when you become an immigrant, you go into this sort of secret room where nobody else is allowed, and uh, you then uh, you, 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 you say this oath. And at the end of the oath, then, the, the person leading it, who happened in my son's case to be a Ghanaian immigrant, asked the, those who'd just become citizens to... Uh, to give a round of applause. Uh, uh, and he was so unimpressed with the lackadaisical applause <laughs> that he, he said, okay, we're going to do that again. Uh, and he said, let me tell you what America means to me. Let me tell you mm -hmm. about my homeland and what, I, what, what happens in my homeland. 
you need to be grateful for the country you've come to. And after he'd made this speech, he then said, okay, let's have another round of applause. And it was a much more enthusiastic one. Excellent. That is such uh, a wonderful thing. I, yeah. re- I really love when somebody doesn't, when someone kind of takes the room by by the shoulders and shakes them and says, wait a minute, you wait, we need to stop. Embrace this. And you need to hear why I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I don't think anybody would ever argue that America, any more than Britain, is perfect. And there are dark parts of our past. Uh, but on the whole, America has been a, you know, a great light for the world. Uh, And it sort of annoys me as an immigrant when I see native-born Americans uh, kneeling during their national anthem. It strikes me as so disrespectful uh, to the country. Uh, And as an immigrant, I have a a love for America that, that it saddens me that people born here who were born with these privileges that some of us have been, you know, have been lucky enough to be granted... People born with these privileges seem sometimes remarkably ungrateful for them. Yes, and, and I see this. I'll, I'll hear this, especially, you know, uh, teens or 20-somethings. When America does come up, they'll grumble and mutter about America. But at the same time, those people have never traveled to other parts of the mm-hmm. world, and they've not seen the absence of democracy, or they've not seen the absence of prosperity. We're spoiled by our own success here, and so the view is very limited. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to teenagers, I wouldn't trust a teenager to choose something of a restaurant menu for me. (laughs) I'm not going to take their opinion of America too seriously. But I think you're absolutely correct. And, of course, as is often pointed out with uh, some degree of irony, uh, it's only in a country like America that you can actually moan about the country and get away with it. There are many places in this world where you can't do that even as a teenager. Yes. So there's a kind of parasitical, paradoxical quality to the, the lack of patriotism amongst young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same as in a family, I think. Uh, you know, people who um, defend their family against all, you know, uh, people who try to act like their family is not flawed in some way. You listen to them and you kind of think, Okay, well, you know, nobody's family's perfect. Some dark so kind corners of, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, there's got to be something there. You know, kind of get over yourself a little bit. So I get uncomfortable when people talk about America in that way, like, you know, nothing's ever gone wrong. However, when you see someone who's from a healthy family, who's dealt with difficult things, they've had hard conversations, they've looked at each other in the eye, they've, they've had to say, I'm sorry, they've had to forgive. You look at that family and you think there is so much depth there between those people who've suffered together and rejoiced together over many years. That's the kind of family I think it just draws other people into. And I feel the same way about a country. Is I don't ever want to be a person who's, who refuses to admit when America has gone wrong. But at the same time, I don't ever want to be the person that gives up on it either um, and isn't constantly working you know, toward a better union. I mean, I, that's what draws people in, right? Absolutely. And I, I think it's important that there's, there's a distinction between what I call nationalism and patriotism. And I, I draw an analogy with students in class and say, you know, you know uh, every man in this world should think of his wife as the most beautiful woman in the world and tell other people, my wife's the most beautiful woman in the world. But in saying that, he's not insulting every other woman in the world. Yes. Mm. He's saying something yeah. about their relationship. Yeah. And I think you can believe America is the greatest country in the world without insulting other countries. Nobody believes they come from the second best country in the world. And I think we need to realize that pride in your country 
does not necessarily mean that you're spitting on or sneering at other countries or exalting your own country as perfect. Uh, yes. uh, That's it, wise. it just shows that you have an appropriate love and gratitude for the country that has given you, uh, given you life and given you the opportunity. Mm, Carl, well you, you mentioned coming here to America, and uh, a few months later, 9-11 happened. And, of course, if anyone was here when 9-11 happened, the country came together unlike it has before, probably since World War II or since, no doubt about that. And it's in those times of deep crisis that people do cling to their country tighter. But I wonder, and, of course, the boogeyman is always social media, and it's so incredibly divisive, if we as Americans will ever come together and love our country like we once ever did? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And, uh, you know, I often wondered on the, the disappearance of the term un-American mm. uh, from our vocabulary, because when we, when, you know, after 9-11, a lot of things, this is un-American, that's un-American. And that word indicates that there's a consensus in the nation on what it means to be an American to stand for freedom, to a democracy, etc., etc., etc. The fact that that word has disappeared from our public discourse now makes me wonder, is it because things like social media have actually fractured the consensus of what it means to be an American now? And, and until we can recapture that, I think the chances of you know, seeing that unity uh, again uh, are small. And, and, I mean, who wants that unity recaptured by America going to war or something, right, you know? Exactly. One hopes that we could recapture that through positive things mm -hmm. rather than being threatened or attacked again. Yeah. Amen. That's Dr. Carl Truman. You can check out his latest book, Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. Carl, Thank you so much for joining us today, and best wishes as you kick off the uh, new academic term. It's right around the corner. It is. Thank you very much. Our great pleasure. Good to talk to you, Carl. Carl Truman. He's an American and proud of it. Yeah. Happy right? to have him, aren't we? Take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a story about a farmer and his surprise crop. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. For me. The little things in life make me smile the hardest, like fancy potato chips. I'm talking about when you open a fresh bag and you see one of those super chips. They're folded like tacos or fortune cookies, but then you have a second and third chip wrap around it, creating this monster chip that you can barely get your mouth around. Those things are awesome. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and I share that useless little thing to ultimately say, you know what's not a little thing, Mr. and Mrs. Word FM listener? Our direct lender advantage. We use our own money and make our own decisions within our own walls. There's no middleman, which means whether you're finally making the move on a new home or you're looking to cash out some of that newfound value your current home has earned, we can often move faster and get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Paid for by ERC Business Solutions. Attention business owners. Was your company impacted during COVID? If you had W-2 employees during 2020 and 2021, you may be entitled for up to 26000 per employee through the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This is not a loan. You do not have to pay this back. The IRS paid back billions already. We've helped thousands of businesses just like yours. So let us help you. At ERC Business Solutions, we make it simple. We do it all for you, so you won't have to worry about the complex application process. There's absolutely no risk. If you don't get paid, 
we don't get paid. Most businesses do qualify, even those with no decline in revenues or those that already got PPP. Find out how much you can claim. There's no cost or obligation. A team of ERC specialists are awaiting your call. Call now at 888-449-3604. Get up to $26,000 per employee. Call 888-449-3604. 888-449-3604. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. One hundred one point five WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight we'll see considerable clouds. Expect periods of rain and a thunderstorm late. Tonight's low 65. Humid tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 74. It will be humid tomorrow night with an evening thunderstorm in parts of the area. The low 62. Partly sunny Friday. Less humid. We'll reach a high Friday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Today, of course, is August 10th. This is the 50th wedding anniversary of Lee and Renee Wilson. Oh, do we know Lee and Renee? We do not, but Lee Wilson is a farmer. And uh, he's been thinking about, well, how do I commemorate the occasion uh, for this 50th wedding anniversary to my wife? So um, uh, he put a lot of thought into it. And uh, well, he said, you know, she always likes sunflowers. And so he said... This is the year to plant sunflowers on my farm. So he decided, without telling Renee, his wife, that he planted 80 acres <gasps> of sunflowers. That's about... That's incredible! 1.2 million sunflowers what? in a field. That is 15,000 flowers per acre. He planted his field back in May secretly with his son's help. So Renee would not find out. He said it made me feel very special. It could have been a more it couldn't have been a more perfect anniversary. And today, with Renee in tow, he drove her out to the far corner of these fields and unveiled <gasps> these acres and acres of sunflowers. Oh, that's such a good story. Mm -hmm. He said we met in high school. We couldn't awesome. date until she was sixteen, and wow. I called her on her sixteenth birthday, and that's when we started to date. Our first date was a roller skating party at FFA Roller Skating Rink in Harper, Kansas. And so the new sunflower field, of course, has drawn in people from all over Kansas to take pictures and experience the state flower in full bloom. But they don't intend to make it an every year thing. He said, oh, it's been fun. But I think one time is enough for us. It's somebody else's turn next year. Because sunflower season is short, so those flowers will only be perfect, picture perfect, for a 10 to 14 day period. The field can be found east of Pratt, Kansas, on the south side of the highway, 54. Super cool. That's incredible. Sure is. That is. Are there any pictures of it? Uh, there's a there's a video of it, and it uh, appears at uh, kake dot com, which is an ABC News affiliate somewhere in the neighborhood. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of sunflowers. All right. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to be talking to Neil Plantinga. He's become a good friend of ours on the mm -hmm. show, and he joins us on a monthly basis. Are you afraid of goodness? You asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. No. Maybe you are. Oh. You think you might be? That's next. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. 
This is not an option, my friend. He says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. You're progressing in a life of holiness. Abstain from anything and everything that keeps us from being the godly person God wants us to be. Hear the series, Sanctification, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you're on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to FreedomCare.com. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Efforting a connection with uh, Neil Plantinga, mm-hmm. but thwarted at this point. Mm-hmm. Coming up next Friday, though, there will be no thwarting. Because we'll be leaving, and disem- not disembarking, embarking mm-hmm. on the uh, boat cruise with the Gateway Clipper fleet. That will be at 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. one week from tomorrow. And uh, tickets are dwindling. We've been talking about this for the last couple of days, saying that there are a couple left. I don't know the exact number now, uh, but there still are tickets remaining. So if you'd like to come, then we want you to come. Yeah. And if you don't want to come, we still kind of want you to come. What? Yeah, if they don't, we still kind of want to talk you into it because we think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really, we've done this a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a blast. Always great to be with people and hang out. The rivers, of course, are beautiful. This would be the third I, annual. I love it so much. Yeah. 
So please join us, wordfm.com. It's a great time to chat with people. It's a great time to hang out and appreciate the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good time to just sit and relax. Yeah. Because the days of summer, I hate to say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. They are among us. Just and, don't say it. all as well. No. Yeah. Just yeah. don't. Anyway, you can get your tickets at wordfm.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, purchase them today so that nobody takes them away from you. Right. Uh, my brother. Or steals uh, them out in front of you wordfm.com for the cruise that's next friday my, my brother bought a boat and uh he lives down in the uh, chesapeake area of virginia and of course you know we grew up in swissville and so uh, there's not a lot of like you know <laughs> we're not exactly sailors in mm-hmm. swissville and uh he bought this boat and we're down in the chesapeake bay this is like you know 25 years ago and uh we're jumping off the boat and swimming and you know playing music it's just the two of us a couple of coconuts and people are going by in their boats, and they're, like, giving us dirty looks. And we're like, what's wrong with that guy? Anyway, the Coast Guard shows up. Uh-oh. And they go. They pull over. <laughs> Got their little lights flashing. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh. They go, listen, guys, you essentially have parked on a boat highway. Uh, you, you need to move your boat because this is not a safe place for you to be. <laughs> okay, all right. We, we just did not know. You know, apparently my brother did not take a boating class. You know, he just bought the boat and thought, we're good to go. He's my big brother. Right. I just have so trust just in him. Assumed. I go, he's good to go, right? Yeah. So then we moved to a different spot in the Bay Area, and we're jumping off the boat, you know, swimming in the water. He He's about 10 feet from the boat, and he says, oh, I just I just kicked my foot against something here. He dips down in the water just like a foot or so. It is the top of a tree that is shaped like a knife. It's like just barely below the surface of the water. And had we jumped off over there, we would have (laughs) impaled our little fleshly bodies on some dangerous tree branch. I said to him, what, what, what are you doing here? Why are you taking me out in this boat? And like, we're going to die. We're going to get run over by a barge or I'm going to get impaled by some tree. Where'd he say, where was this happening? In Chesapeake Bay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So there are a couple things wrong with that story. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, you you know boating. Yeah. yeah, I grew up boating. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, uh, there should be a driver's test, like there is for an automobile for cars. There but is because none, is there, there isn't. Yeah, ninety percent of the people who are out on the water have no idea what they're doing. Right, exactly. So it's not. So it's not like your brother was the only one. Right, right. Such is life. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Sounds good. We're we'll going to come Neil back. Next. Yeah, Neil Plantage is with us in a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, Easter and fear. That's straight ahead on the ride home where Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's Word FM. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. Hey, this is John Hall. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They'll look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. And Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. 
For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. you receive a set for as low as $29.98. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD. Or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code WORD. If you've been praying for healing, this may be your moment. Billy Burke of Billy Burke World Outreach returns to Pittsburgh August 13th and 14th. Get ready for a transformative spiritual experience like none other and witness an evening of healing and divine encounters with renowned evangelist Billy Burke at the Doubletree by Hilton and Cranberry, 7 p.m. Sunday, August 13th, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday, August 14th. Come expecting a miracle. Details at BillyBurke.org. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. FM presents the Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar. Enter now for your chance to win the perfect date night for two. August 18th, our grand prize couple will be swept away on our Gateway Clipper dinner cruise, followed by a romantic night stay at the mansions on 5th. Grand prize to be awarded August 11th, followed by three more weekly dinner for two giveaways during August. The Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar, creating lasting relationships with customers for over 50 years. Enter now at wordfm.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right call, doing it right. 724 New Roof. Do you remember as a kid having nightmares? As a child? Oh, yeah. A small child? Yes. What? Isn't that horrible? It's terrible. I remember to this day a repetitive nightmare that I would have as a small child. Just terrified me. Would wake up in the middle of the night. I'm sure I was four. Yeah. But those images are still with me. Yeah. What is that? What does that even mean? Neil Plantage is with us. He has written a wonderful book that Kath and I love called Under the Wings of God, 20 Biblical Reflections for a Deeper Faith. And Neil, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John. Neil, one of the things that got me out of my childhood nightmares uh, was reading the Chronicles of Narnia. So for people listening to this, they're you know, it's, I'm not trying to be like, super Christian. Uh, but the reason why is because I think those books are scary, uh, especially yeah. the line, the magician's nephew and the line, the witch in the wardrobe for me were particularly scary. And what the reason that it helped me was because they were scary, but good triumphed. You know, it wasn't like it was like a, you know, a, a book where it was just a bunch of nice things strung together. There are a bunch of really terrible things that happened in those books, but it kind of it it was comforting for me to know that other people were scared. Yeah, I think um, children are wise enough to figure out that the world has evil in it. Um, their own nightmares, as you say, tell them if nothing else does. And literature for children uh, that is going to have traction with them has to be realistic. It has to treat the real world as it really is, and the real world has evil in it. But uh, as we Christians say, the real world also has a savior in it. And 
one of the things that uh, Christianity centers on is a real battle between real good and real evil Mm -hmm. with our conviction that in the end, God triumphs. Right. But that evil that is intuitive in us, right? Neil, you talk about this in your piece, Afraid of Easter, that we're born with the knowledge of Easter in us. The evil, I should say, the knowledge of evil in us. Yeah. Um, Susan um, Wise Bauer wrote a piece about this one time that I really liked. And she says in her piece that if you watch the face of a sleeping child, you will sometimes see a frown form on it. Uh, it's as if a shadow passes over the dreaming child. And the child is just for that instant aware of the presence of evil. Not not all is light. There is darkness and threat as well. And I think as we grow up, um, and maybe the big persons in our life tell us stories, those stories have to be realistic. They have to show that the world is in some ways uh, a scary place but that we have uh, the the great battler, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. on our side. And children need to know that uh, above all. Right, which is why we have fairy tales, right? And why we have stories like Lord of the Rings or we have Harry Potter or, you know, those stories have become foundational. And and I think... To me, the human heart just grab it. That's the that's the story that every human wants to know, because I think yeah. that's in us too. Um, is that we want to we want to realize in a story form uh, and see it before our eyes, whether it's our eyes in film or our imaginary eyes when we're reading, that good will win. Right. I think it's important um, for any of our listeners who are familiar with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that the Christ figure, Aslan, the lion, is good, but he's not safe. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he's good and um, fearful at the same time. He's, he's uh, awesome. He's the kind of being from which you shrink, because while he is perfectly good, he is also overwhelming. He represents... Uh, the other world, the supernatural world. And so he is not not a tame lion. So then, Neil, what about Easter morning and fearing what is good? Of course, we fear what is evil, but there's something that happened so deeply peculiar on Easter morning where goodness in many ways was also fearful. Yeah, Matthew's gospel tells us in the first 10 verses of chapter 28 about the two Marys who went to the tomb and they meet um, a person dressed in white, obviously a supernatural being. And the, the women are confronted by something they have never seen before, which is a being from the other world. I mean, apart from Jesus himself, and they are, um, they're thunderstruck. And when this angel at the tomb 
tells them that he's not here, he's been risen, um, go tell his disciples and uh, they leave. Matthew tells us that they left with fear and great joy, both things. Fear at the fact that they have just encountered the supernatural and have been told of their Lord's resurrection, which means that they are now dealing with something awe-inspiring, something from the other world, something numinous. But also uh, tugging at them from the other direction is great joy that uh, the unimaginable has happened and that their dead Lord is not actually dead, but has been raised. And so uh, I find this extremely striking that the women are in a tug of war of their own emotions, fear pulling on one side mm. and great joy pulling on the other. But great joy is greater than fear. And so that's the Easter morning message. When you were describing that in in this chapter of your book, Neil, I really resonated with that because you know that when something seems so good, you feel like, no, this is just going to be a setup. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to say, you know, it's it's like you know the bases are loaded and Andrew McCutcheon's up to bat, but yeah. but you know what? He's going to get a cramp or he's going to get hit yeah. by a, he's going to get hit by a pitch and we're and you know and you know you you can't you can't quite believe it could be that. Yeah. Suppose a person falls in love with somebody and they are not certain whether that person loves them too. And then one day that person looks them in the eye and says, I love you from the bottom of my heart. Fear and great joy. Um, are they fooling us? We've been fooled before. Being fooled is heartbreaking. It's worse to not be told any good news at all than mm -hmm. to have the good news turn out to be false. Fear and great joy. Mm -hmm. Or think of the birth of a child. Um, so much lies ahead in the world for this little one. And parents have fear and great joy. Um, great joy that this new being has been ushered into the world, God's own creature but fear for all that this child will encounter and whose own nightmares will tell them that there is evil in the world. Yes. And what's amazing about all this story, an amazement of a, on top of amazement, is that two women, mm -hmm. two women are the ones who herald this, mm -hmm. who absorb the fear and the joy. Because the guys of, are at home. Right. And they're sulking right. or just, you know, totally crushed by the events of the prior sure. day. I mean, which is a valid response. To yes. You. So if you were making this story up, these women would not be the ones who would herald this good news uh, of the fear and the majesty of Christ risen. Yeah. Um, if uh, the story were made up, the disciples would turn out to be the heroes and the women would stay timidly at home. Yeah. But that's not what's happened. That's not what happened. So that's not what's in Matthew's gospel. Two women. Um, legally can't be get witnesses of anything, uh, are witnesses of history's greatest event, and they are the bearers of the gospel, bearers of good news, 
and have to inform Jesus' disciples of what has actually happened. It's really a revolutionary event, um, and its witnesses are as surprising as everything else in this story. Neil Planting is with us. We're talking about his book called Under the Wings of God, 20 Biblical Reflections for a Deeper Faith. Um, we're focusing on a, a chapter that he's entitled Afraid of Easter. Um, you write in the in the uh, chapter, Neil, that you write, I think every honest preacher has wondered about Easter along this line. In some late night of the soul, a preacher fears that we Christians are stuck with a dead Savior and that the only way to keep the movement going is by shouting louder on Easter in order to keep death from looking like death or smelling like death. Is that something that pastors struggle with? I think every honest pastor acknowledges that they are molested by doubt yeah. time to time. Um, the Christian religion is a supernatural religion. It tells of uh, strange and wondrous things. And uh, by ourselves, on our own, uh, we don't have the horsepower to simply believe it. Faith is uh, not an accomplishment, but a gift. And some of the time when our faith lags, um, we pray to believe again, to believe anew, to believe more strongly. And in my experience, God answers those prayers. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is absolutely um, no denying that preachers are human like everybody else. And from time to time, we are assailed by doubt. Mm -hmm. And so that make, keeps you human and makes you human. Christ wow. is risen from the dead. And you say, I mean, Christ is out. God's on yeah. the loose. And so we're never going to be safe again because the resurrected Lord wants not just our faith. He wants everything that we have and everything we are. And so as Christians, that should fill us with fear and also with joy. It does. And for me, one of the things that I often bring to mind whenever uh, my faith dims a bit, is that the disciples, then the apostles, as they were called, are willing to risk their lives for this news. They are willing to be jailed, flogged, shipwrecked, uh, mocked, threatened. They are willing to undergo terrible, terrible suffering and hardship for the good news, which tells me that something absolutely extraordinary has happened to them. And uh, my faith tells me that what happened to them is what the Bible says. They saw the risen Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, Neil, as we close out our time together, uh, one of the things that stuck with me about this uh about this chapter was I remember being when my husband and I uh, became engaged, uh, we had only dated for three months, which I'm not recommending to all the listening audience. Okay, I'm not saying that it's the way you should do things, but we just we knew we wanted to get married. So anyway, I remember uh, when he proposed, I remember the two of us looking at each other and saying, is this crazy? I mean, this is yeah. this is crazy. This is crazy, right? Uh, so that was almost 31 years ago, uh, and it's turned out just wonderfully. Uh, and we weren't crazy. But so there was fear for us, but there was more joy than fear. And so we went ahead and did it. And that's kind of how you close out the, the chapter. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And um, one of the things that Easter always means for us Christians is that joy Easter's up in us and overwhelms our fear. Amen to that. Neil, it's always a great pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us. We love this work. It's such a good book. Do yourself a favor. It's a it's a deceptively slim, small volume. Oh, there's so much good stuff in it. Under the Wings of God, 20 Biblical Reflections for Deeper Faith, Cornelius Plantagenet. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Love it so much. Really oh, do. My my Take a quick break. Reset. The second hour, 5 o'clock hour, up next. Stay with us. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Um. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The search of the wildfire wreckage on the Hawaiian island of Maui is revealing a wasteland of burned-out homes and obliterated communities as firefighters battle the stubborn blaze that has claimed 36 lives. More Americans applied for unemployment last week. 21,000 more people applied for unemployment last week, but that's not worrying experts who say the labor market is still in good shape. Companies have pretty much been keeping their workers. One exception, though, is the flurry of layoffs in the tech sector. And while the manufacturing, warehousing, and retail industries have slowed their hiring in recent months, they aren't yet cutting jobs in large numbers. Overall, the number of Americans on unemployment for the week that ended July 29th was about 8,000 fewer than the previous week. I'm Rita Foley. The Dow is ahead 164 points. The Nasdaq up 42. This is SRN News. So this is a radio ad, and I wanted to tell a story that proves that sometimes bad moments can often lead to good moments or opportunities. But my story was about 30 minutes, so instead, here's the headline. Loving family's beach vacation is ruined by a flaming lasagna and nephew vomiting on gate agent, only to be saved by the most meaningful staycation ever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and bad creating some good is exactly what we're seeing right now. Interest rates are not great, but they have finally brought home prices down, at least for a bit, creating an opportunity which is why we're seeing thousands of listeners across the country looking to buy the new home now because the price is forever with the plan to refinance the rate tomorrow when rates settle. If that's you, please know that we have a direct lender advantage that can often save you lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a lesson 1330. That's Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Reports of new state requirements for PA public school teachers have many parents concerned about racial equity learning resources in the classroom to gender and identity politics. Now may be a great time to try Christian education, a faith-focused education that believes in transparency, parents, and that values every student. Get half off a year's tuition beginning this fall at a participating school near you, like Pittsburgh Christian Academy in West Mifflin. Learn more at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Pittsburgh Christian Schools, education that believes in you. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's 5000 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-583-0141. Don't lose hope. 
DRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-583-0141. That's 800-583-0141. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Friday, August 18th, join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress. It's our Faith and Family Dinner Cruise from 6.30 to 9. Enjoy a special night out for families, couples, and groups of friends. Featuring a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. But don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. Tonight we'll see considerable clouds. Expect periods of rain and a thunderstorm late. Tonight's low 65. Humid tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 74. It will be humid tomorrow night with an evening thunderstorm in parts of the area. The low 62. Partly sunny Friday. Less humid. We'll reach a high Friday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. It is the 5 o'clock hour on a Thursday afternoon. Okay, I, I love astronomy, but I do not understand astronomy. I, I love it because it's so incredibly vast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's essentially God's playground, and we are this little tiny pinprick in a swarming sea of it all. Listen to this story. The farthest star ever detected, located behind what NASA describes as a wrinkle in space-time, is more than twice as hot as the sun and about a million times more luminous. The James Webb Telescope revealed new details about the star, dubbed Erendale, which was detected by the Hubble telescope last year. Erendale is part of the Sunrise Arc gal- galaxy, only detectable because the galaxy cluster is so massive that it warps the fabric of space, producing a magnifying effect that astronomers can look through, according to NASA. In the months since Erendale's discovery, Webb has spotted other very distant stars, though none as far away as Erendale. Quote, the discoveries have opened a new realm of the universe to stellar physics and new subject matter to scientists studying the early universe, where once galaxies were the smallest detectable cosmic objects. The research team has cautious hope that this could be a step towards the eventual eventual detection of one of the very first generation of stars composed only of the raw ingredients of the universe created in the Big Bang. Okay, so it's so far away from Earth, it took, listen, the the star is so far away, it took 12.9 billion years for the light to reach us. What? The universe was less than a billion years old when the light was emitted. The star is now 28 billion light years away. 
Based on colors observed, astronomers believe that Irindea, which means morning star or rising light in Old English, has a cooler, redder companion star, too. I mean, what is this? How can you wrap your mind around this? How can something be so far away, 12.9 billion years for light to reach us? What does that even look like? I'm just shocked by that. Me too. And there's there's a photograph of it. There's a photograph. Irondale is located along a wrinkle in space-time that gives it extreme well, I don't understand the wrinkle in space-time. I don't know. There's a picture of it there. Here's a photo. It looks like space. It, yeah. I mean... I, and we're trying to get to the moon again after 50 years. Or, which, or you know, I'm worried about getting a new pair of jeans. I mean, it just... <laughs> right, right. It does seem like some are, daily concerns are ridiculous are in comparison tiny, to that. Tiny, 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 and yet we're God's creation. When uh, Ralph Crew was on the show when you were on vacation, John, yeah. from uh, the YouTube channel Practical Engineering, he was talking about how... No matter the size you have in your head of how big space is, it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. So regardless of how capable you are of generating in your mind those mathematical ratios, it's still so much bigger than you could ever imagine. Like he said, for example, uh, he said that our sun, if you can imagine our sun is the size of a basketball, Okay, so this is just for comparison's sake. Yeah. So the Earth is a lentil. Hmm. Okay. Sun is a basketball. The sun is a basketball, and the largest stars that we know of—he might have even been thinking of this one—is the size of Heinz Field. <laughs> so we're lentils, and right. there's other stars out there in Heinz, Heinz Field. So, and that's only in the observable part of the universe. Right. So now these, you know whatever that wrinkle in space-time means. And yet, as you believe in Christ and you talk to him, he okay, knows but us. That, yeah, but doesn't that change? What That has to change how we talk to him. It has to. Because you... Right. Because you go... God, there's, there's I'm some, just, right. could you please, I, I'm I know, thinking God, about, you, hey, buddy. Uh, yeah. No, not buddy. Right, yeah, yeah but, but, you know but a mean? lot of people, you know, Jesus right. is our friend. Jesus yeah. called us friends. Yeah. So it's not like that's inappropriate, but it's kind of, if that's all it is, it's inappropriate. Right. It has to be more to that because if that, if Jesus really was the firstborn of all creation, um, he, 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 he's, so much greater than we could possibly even under, ima- imagine, understand, appreciate. And what does that yet. mean of what heaven is like? What does that portend for our future? That, I mean, I. Well, our friend Hugh Ross thinks that our future will include that the, the time space continuum would not be as it is now. How we, of course, right? Yeah. yeah. How we experience time yeah, would be no, different. Yeah, of course. Everything. I mean, I don't know. I just, you can't but wrap maybe your it head won't. around I, it. I, I, yeah. I, you right. can't wrap your head around it. That's no, of an course not. You story. just can't. I mean, it's just that. It's a, somebody here on Earth looking, you know, looking through this telescope, you know, the Webb telescope wow. or the Hubble telescope, which is far enough away from us, they get a better view. It's just amazing. Truly, it is.
Uh, when we return from the break, yeah. we're excited to have Elizabeth Bruning with us. She's uh, my favorite writer at The Atlantic. And uh, we're going to talk about capital punishment. This is something that a lot of us in Western PA have been thinking a lot about over the last six or eight weeks or so as the Tree of Life trial has been going on. Um, so we're excited to bring her in and talk about her perspective on it and, yeah. um, kind and of enlarge our minds a little. The idea of at one time in this country. The Republic executions. We, as a means of pleasure or curiosity people gathered that wasn't just here that was in england too that was in france but not that long ago we executed people in public what does that look like with the death penalty and how we see human life 101.5 word when nursing struggles happened elisha votberg learned the wrong way to approach the topic trying to encourage katie and saying well you know you you had a cow growing up you know how how much work it took to milk the cow just think about that and i think for some reason katie feeling like she was being compared to a milk cow didn't sit well with her what to do and not to do after the baby arrives Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready. The Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Spring House in 84. On MyPillow's 20th year anniversary, with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history. Queen size my pillows regular price is sixty nine ninety eight now only nineteen ninety eight and just ten dollars more for king size my pillows patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs to help you get the best sleep ever. Hey, this is John Hall. Go to mypillow.com to get queen size my pillows for only nineteen ninety eight or call eight hundred three nine one zero nine five four use promo code word. In addition to this special anniversary offer on MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Take advantage of the biggest sale in MyPillow history. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. There's nothing harder than losing someone we love. When the loss is sudden... Our faith is tested. In his book, Seasons of Sorrow, Christian blogger Tim Challies documents his family's journey after the death of his son. He takes us through the first year with a vulnerable openness about how his family dealt with grief and how they found comfort in the gospel. Request Seasons of Sorrow at truthforlife.org slash donate.
a little over, a little under five years ago. A little under five years ago, one of the worst events here in the city of Pittsburgh happened. And of course, I'm, I'm responding to and speaking of the, the Tree of Life massacre. Five years. Now, we've gone through these five years and all the twists and turns of the trial, um, all the preparation, every courtesy was afforded the mass murderer of these 11 people. Every courtesy. Slowly, slowly, the wheels of justice turned. And just under two weeks ago, this mass murderer was sentenced to death. Now, what happened there affect all of us deeply. I mean, I drive by the Tree of Life synagogue weekly, multiple times. We've got friends who live less than a block away from the synagogue. I feel like everybody knows somebody who was either in the synagogue that day or has a family member who was... I mean, I can't believe how many people are connected to those who died that day. Well, Pittsburgh is small, yeah, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh is small. I mean, you talk about six degrees of separation and Kevin Bacon and whatnot. I mean, literally, Pittsburgh is one or two degrees of separation. The Tree of Life or that neighborhood in place, I mean, essentially, from a national perspective, it is Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Okay, those two parallels of mass murder and Mr. Rogers. Now, with all that said, and the impending execution, which I believe the murderer will never face. He'll probably die in jail because that that's the slow wheels of justice turn. And Kath and I have stated this publicly. We do not believe in the death sentence. That's just who we are. Having said all that, it's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that less than 85 years or so ago, 20,000 people gathered in Owensboro, Kentucky, to watch someone hang Mm -hmm. as a public spectacle. That's where we were as a country not that long ago. And we're not the only country that was like that not that long ago, right? I mean, whether we're talking about countries all over Europe or you're talking about the Middle East or wherever it is, public execution is something that is part of their history and part of ours. So this conversation in some ways, we're, we, we approach it with a little bit of trepidation because it has religious and moral and political overtones. And civic overtones for the people who live here. Elizabeth Bruning is with us. She's a staff writer at The Atlantic. She wrote an incredible piece called Don't Execute People in Public. And Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Liz, you talked in the beginning of your article uh, what John alluded to, which is that the last public execution in our country was uh, not just happening in 1936, uh, but 20,000 people showed up for it in Owensboro, Kentucky, and it was a big affair. It was a huge affair, yes. Uh, Public executions used to be um, magnetic. They would attract enormous crowds. This one was especially... um, sensational because there was meant to be a female executioner, but in the end, she gave the job to a male surrogate, so um, she didn't actually participate in the execution. But the very last one in the United States was especially uh, magnetic because of that. So since that public execution, Liz, of course, um, 
people become to think a, a little better of this. Maybe we shouldn't do this in public for various reasons. Maybe it's not good for anybody. Right. Can you talk about that? Okay, so we're going to stop public execution and we'll be hidden in secret behind walls of penitentiaries. Yeah? Yeah, there were lots of people at the, at the time, and in 1936, we're talking now about the last public execution, um, who felt that public executions were, were bad for people. They felt like they were bad for the crowd, um, that they were spectacles of violence, uh, and that it just wasn't especially civilized uh, to have people witness um, these kinds of events. So that played a major role in the end of public executions, but um, there are there are historians. There's, there's a historian who, who wrote a great book um, about public executions, Michael Trotty, um, who suspect that there were also racialized reasons um, that public executions came to an end in the United States, meaning uh, the c- crowds that were drawn were often uh, as as uh, as black as they were white. They were crowds of enormous size. Um, and they would often function as sort of religious revivals in the black community because black preachers would come um, and speak to the condemned and for the condemned. Uh, and these would often become occasions of, uh, you know, that were powerful and meaningful to the black community. Uh, and so there's uh, some, some belief, and I think that it's credible, uh, that the move to institutionalize executions that take place behind prison walls had to do with the discomfort of white officials with those enormous outpourings of really? um, grief and yes, and, and, uh, and, and meaning in the black community. Mm. Yeah. I never, I never knew th- about that link. That's interesting. Um, do you also think that there was a, um, uh, maybe a spirit of uh, decency that was also a part of the decision saying, you know what, this isn't the kind of thing that we should all be looking at. Absolutely. There were people who felt that, look, we're moving forward in history here and we should put public executions that were kind of a gruesome spectacle from the past uh, behind us. But it's interesting to think 20,000 people would show up for the last public execution. There's something about the baseness and the worst of a mer- of, of just, you know, what it is to be human, the bloodlust mm-hmm. that you want to uh, experience in a circus-like atmosphere. Yes, and I think legislators at the time were especially sensitive to the fact that, you know, it's coarsening to American life to have public executions available because right. it, it promotes the enjoyment of those kind of spectacles of violence. Right, which is gross. I mean, it's just like, you know, you read Tale of Two Cities and you think, really? Like, this was the way it was? Um, okay, so so we decide that uh, the state will carry out executions, but they'll be private. Um, so is that better? I mean, it's a good question, right? Because public executions, they have something to say for themselves, which is that um, all the participants are known to the public and the public has some insight into how these executions are being carried out. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, as we have spoken about, they're so provocative to the public that they become occasions of sort of unruliness in a lot of cases, People talked about the carnival-esque atmosphere of the last public execution. Um, And I think they also are, you know, a little injurious to the dignity of people um, in that they they turn the person who's being executed into a subject of just um, spectacle. 
Um, so, I mean, I think currently the privacy of executions and the secrecy of executions is a major problem. Um, but it it isn't entirely uh, cured by public executions, no. Mm-hmm. There's a, a very famous photograph of an electrocution that um, when electrocutions uh, first started to take place, a photographer, and I'm not sure from what news organization, smuggled a small camera in under his ankle and took a photograph of a man being killed in an electric chair. And that was shown on the newspaper headlines across the, across the country, around the world. And there's something about that voyeuristic thing of something that was you know, public at one time and now forbidden, and there's a peek at someone dying the second that a person is charged with l- large volts of electricity cursing through their body that people still you know, want to see. And so now the secrecy of public of, of executions, people strapped to gurneys in execution chambers where there are drugs coursing through someone's vein. And sometimes mistakes are made. Oftentimes things are botched, right? Uh, people see that, but it's still reported on. Uh, family members are allowed into the execution chamber, and of course the press is as well. So even though they're not public, we are still allowed a peek within someone's dying. Yeah. Yes, so executions these days, oftentimes the victim's family to witness the execution and some members of the offender's family, and they also include a a small press corps. But um, there have been lots of strides taken by especially, you know, right-leaning states that still have capital punishment to exclude press uh, from these executions. And they do this by handpicking an extremely small number of press members. Um, Some states have experimented with only allowing one member of the press uh, to attend executions. Other states have excluded national press and only allow local press, even local to where the crime was committed. So in a state like Texas or Alabama or Florida, um, you can imagine um, these being, you know, states that have, you know, incredibly limited uh, rules around who can witness. So we've really gone pretty far in the other direction. Mm -hmm. And executions, they have a a large political weight to them, don't they? Um, It depends upon what administration, Democrat or Republican, is in charge as to whether the flow of those executions take place. Yeah? Absolutely. It's it's incredibly political. And even now, as the death penalty is sort of disappearing, um, the places where it remains in active use, where lots of executions are happening, like Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, etc. Um, it, it's becoming a little bit more extreme. Um, and the people, politicians like Ron DeSantis, for example, in Florida, are trying to expand the number of crimes that qualify for death uh, while removing some protections that um, convicted people face. So it is becoming more extreme in the places where it remains. Elizabeth Bruning's with us, staff writer for The Atlantic. Uh, she's written for The Washington Post, New York Times. Uh, today we're talking about her piece called Don't Execute People in Public, but Don't Execute Them in Secret Either. Uh, it's in The Atlantic. Liz, I guess I want to bring it back to, uh, I know there's a lot more in your article, and we could talk about the lack of transparency when it comes to uh, states who don't want to really talk about how execution happens, or as John alluded to, the mistakes that are made. I know that there's a lot more we could go into there. 
Um, but as he said at the beginning of our time together, both neither John nor I have been in favor of uh, the death penalty for a long time. Uh, when the Tree of Life trial started here um, in Pittsburgh, it wasn't a question of Robert Bauer's guilt or innocence because he already admitted to the crime. It was a matter of what that penalty phase was going to look like and whether he was, according to the jury, going to be put to death, sentenced to death or not. Um, so we had a lot of time to think about it and a lot of time to talk about it in the city. Um, and I, my viewpoint was really challenged on it. It's um, complex. It is. It's really complex because of the horror of that day, um, because the the people that were mowed down were in the middle of worship because they were Jewish, um, because it because the perpetrator expressed no remorse. In fact, uh, the Ever. one thing he said is that he wished he would have been more organized so that more people uh, could have been killed. So it, it and and in. In speaking to uh, a law professor uh, in the area, he challenged uh, both John and I, and he said, isn't there a space in society where you recognize that there's a line and, you know, being put away for life is an extraordinary punishment. But when a perpetrator crosses a line like was crossed here, there has to be something that society says enough. So how do you look at that, Liz? I mean, it's it's an enormously complex and very personal topic. My sister-in-law was murdered in 2016. Um, so I have some yeah. sense of, of so how sorry. people feel. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. It, it, you know, but I, I'm sensitive to how people feel in the wake of a tragedy like that. And it's <clears throat> it's an unmentionable, it's an uh, incredibly personal and affecting experience to go through. And so I, I certainly don't begrudge anyone their feelings about capital punishment because it, it is something that's extraordinarily meaningful to people, um, these kinds of incidents, and it, it changes people. And I, I fully understand that. I think, you know, the Biden administration has taken on prosecution of cases involving terrorism with an eye towards the death penalty. That's something that, you know, wasn't really expected from the Biden administration, that they would continue prosecuting capital cases. Um, but they have. And I think you can understand and I can understand why in cases, especially of terrorism and, and attacks motivated by racial prejudice and hatred or religious prejudice and hatred, um, it seems like, you know, the ultimate punishment should apply. So, I, I fully sympathize with people who who have that position, and I understand where they're coming from. Right. And at the same time, I, I, you know, I don't want people to listen to this conversation and think, oh, this is very Pollyannish of you. Um, <laughs> you know, how clean you are in your thoughts and feelings about the death penalty that you can dismiss this. Because, because you know, we weren't there no, on that Saturday morning. But there, obviously, people who face the death penalty have done extremely heinous things. Uh, so it's a double-edged sword. You know, you, you would have sympathy in some way that someone is being put to death, but the reason you are being put to death is because you've acted so uh, abhorrent that you deserve something that is abhorrent in return. Right. I mean, that's the, the basic sense of capital punishment is that there is a final and ultimate punishment that society can 
can hand out. And that happens when the most extreme and the worst of the worst crimes take place. And so, um, you know, I have my feelings about the application of the death penalty, the racial composition of the death penalty, the nature of death penalty trials. But certainly completely understand how folks local to the area are feeling at this point. I I wouldn't begrudge that at all. Right. Okay. So maybe this is, this is the last question, but I think about, um, I think about, you know, the lack of remorse that Robert Bauer showed um, after the massacre at the tree of life synagogue in Squirrel Hill. And I also think about what you've written, not just this article, but other things you've written in the past about how corrosive the uh, the capital punishment system is on those who have to carry it out on a state level or federal level. And that's just something endemic to humankind is that it's it's rev- it's revolting. It should be uh, to us. And I think corrosive is probably a good word to describe what happened. So that's something that we can't ignore either. So do you want to comment on that based on some of your research? Sure. So last year, NPR had a great piece out where they interviewed lots of former prison officials who are involved in executions. And, um, you know, people develop, again, a complex set of feelings about the nature of their work. Um and, and a lot of them come to uh, regret it or to feel um, uh, apologetic or uh, guilty about what they've participated in in the past. Um, and, I mean, I think it's a, it's a real thing to keep in mind, which is, uh, you know, we hand down capital punishment as a society, but then we leave it up to these departments of correction to carry out right. that sentence. Right. Um, and it, it's typically, as you said, at a lag some decades later. Um, and it's carried out by people who have no personal involvement in the case. And so there's a great detachment between the handing down of the sentence and it actually being carried out. And it does affect the people who carry it out. Yes. Now, at the That's same time, it's, I think it's really important to keep in mind. It surely is. Now, but Liz, when I first saw your article in The Atlantic, the headline is don't execute people in public. I thought, wait, what? People were actually talking about this as though you would execute people in public like it was like a a pay-per-view heavyweight fight. And people would, you know, like sort of like the Hunger Games kind of thing. But this there has been conversation about this, hasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. So public executions come up not infrequently on the right um, because it's the feeling of some folks on the right wing that – the move away from public executions has maybe decreased the deterrent effect of the death penalty. And so there have been folks who have proposed returning to an era of public execution. This, this does come up. President Trump, for instance, uh, is a potential proponent, according to some reporting, uh, of a return to publicized execution. Uh. I mean, I, you know, I brought up Tale of Two Cities before. I don't want to go back to that. Right. At the same time, what you've, uh, what you wrote in this piece in the Atlantic was really eye-opening for me. Thinking, okay, so I don't want to go back there, but keeping it all behind bars or behind blinds uh, is not good either. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure what I'm not sure where There's you no go from there. There's here. no easy answer. Right. Yeah, there is no easy answer. There are lots of reasons why the privacy and secrecy of executions has made it difficult um, to keep track of what causes the botched executions that happen occasionally. A string of three happened last year in Alabama. 
we still don't know the qualifications or training of the people who are carrying those executions out, much less their names and identities. And that's due to the secrecy around executions these days. So, you know, it, it does cause some problems, the secrecy of executions. I don't think the answer to that is a return to the sort of carnivalesque, publicized spectacle executions of the past. Um, I think it has to do with, you know, limiting, reducing, and ultimately ending the use of the death penalty. But um, again, you know, that's a personal opinion, um, and it, it wasn't the will of the jury in this case with Bowers, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as do John and I. Liz, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, I appreciate your writing so much. Thank you so much for having me on. Elizabeth Brunings, a staff writer at The Atlantic. You can read the piece as she wrote it herself. It's called Don't Execute People in Public. You can find it in this month's Atlantic. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-990-1365 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. To get started today, you get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-990-1365. That's 412-990-1365. Or go to freedomcare.com. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Beal, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Reuter2 today. There's nothing harder than losing someone we love. When the loss is sudden, our faith is tested. In his book, Seasons of Sorrow, Christian blogger Tim Challies documents his family's journey after the death of his son. He takes us through the first year with a vulnerable openness about how his family dealt with grief and how they found comfort in the gospel. Request Seasons of Sorrow at truthforlife.org slash donate. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $2.49. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. 101.5 WORD. FM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the word FM mobile app iHeart tune in and Odyssey
Tonight we'll see considerable clouds. Expect periods of rain and a thunderstorm late. Tonight's low 65. Humid tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 74. It will be humid tomorrow night with an evening thunderstorm in parts of the area. The low 62. Partly sunny Friday. Less humid. We'll reach a high Friday of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. When it comes to interviewing for that job. The job you want. The job you want. I don't know. I, I remember just being so nervous and you're trying to be yourself, but you're really not because you're being your interview self. Right. So you're not exactly yourself, but you need to put your best foot forward. Anyway, there, there's so much involved. And right now, since we're post pandemic, a lot of people who are interviewing for jobs are scared to do it in person because our in-person shops are kind of waning, have waned. And so we're just co more comfortable being on Zoom. I would hate that. I don't want to interview for I don't, a job on I Zoom. I don't want to interview for a job on Zoom either. But um, studies show that Americans right now would much rather interview for a job on Zoom really? than they would in person. Um, so if an in-person job is something that's required, or an in-person interview is something that's required of you, if you've been inside working at home, you know, for the last three years, you've got, now all of a sudden you're going to have to really get out of your comfort zone to go out and do something. Let's go. So I saw an article in the Daily Mirror um, about things that disqualify job applicants before they even, you know, kind of get off of are headed to first base. Right. Okay. So this is something like HR is cooked up or? This is not something HR is cooked up. It's a guy by the name of Trent Innes, and he lives in Australia, and he works for a company called Zero, X-E-R-O. Um, and he's done a lot of hiring and also a lot of firing over the years. But he said in a recent podcast that he would never hire a person who failed his coffee cup test. Oh, no. Because it shows more about a person's attitude than any interview question possibly could. So, is this a trick or this nope. is just something that's this is, this something is who he does. you are? He said, he said it is not a trick, but he said he was really committed to it and he would eliminate anybody from consideration who failed this test. So he's revealed the coffee cup test. He has. So here's, what is it? Here's the coffee cup test. So you go into Trent's office and you sit down for an interview and you talk for a while. And he says, can I show you around the, the facility? You say, great. And so you walk down and, you know, here's this and here's this, this. And then you end up, this is the kitchen. This is where we all, you know, we have our refrigerator, we get our coffee, that sort of thing. Do you want something to drink? Inevitably, the person says, yeah, I'll sure. take water or I'll take, you know, so he gets a cup out of the, uh, you know, out of the cabinet and gets coffee or water, gives it to the person. Why don't you come back to my office? So they go back to his office. They sit there. They finish out the interview. And um, when the interview is done, person stands up. Thank you so much for uh, interviewing me. If the person leaves their coffee cup in his office... It's over. Really? He won't hire you because of that? Exactly. Because you're supposed to take care of your own self. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, Well, that's a little disingenuous because y your nerves are through the roof. Right. You're a guest in someone's home, essentially, mm -hmm. while you're taking that test, you know. So you would think, it's okay, I can leave it there. But he's saying, take care of the coffee cup. He said um, that if you aren't willing to, like, police your own stuff. Yep. And do that in a way that's conscientious about the other people in the office that you will never fit in to the company culture that they have. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm, not so sure, I'm not so sure about that because 
the, the interview process is so fraught with emotion mm-hmm. that uh, people are like relieved that it's over. So you get up and you go, I just want to get out of here. I think right. for a lot of people, that's the last thing they're thinking about is their coffee cup. They just, okay, we're done. I'm going to leave. But he's saying there's something that's an extra step that shows the character of the person involved. He says that the company culture is wash your coffee cup. Of course is it is. Is that we do, we take care of our, our stuff so it's not a burden for somebody else. Was one, then what if you like, what if you were like took your cup and his cup and you wanted to wash them? Then I'm like, wait, that's maybe, a little way over the top. Right, maybe. Okay, so put yourself in that position. So I thought about this. I thought about my interview here yeah. at Word FM and what that was like. I didn't have a, a drink. So the coffee cup test was not given to me. Right. But I can't imagine that I would have left a cup in there at the end of an interview. Do you think? Okay, so if you were like in a conference room, and instead of it being a coffee cup, it was just a, like a, a styrofoam cup or a paper cup. Yeah. At the end of the interview, I could have seen you t- people have taken the cup and as they're walking out, throwing the cup in a trash yes, can. Yes, yes. I got no Which problem Which is fine with that. for him. That'd be, yes, that, that's 100%. That, that would have been passing the coffee cup yeah, test. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Instead of leaving it on, yeah, right. of course. Right. That makes perfect sense right. to me. Okay. But the coffee cup, like a, you know, a ceramic mug, what, are you going to stand there and go, Ugh. Well, what should I do with the cup is what you would say, right? What should I do with this? Lexi, what do you think about the coffee cup test? I think that it's hogwash. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a strong opinion, Lex. Yeah. That's good. I just, I think it's a waste of time. Is it entrapment in some way? Yeah, because there's some people just in general that, that I, I hate to be this kind of person, but like anyone who has a hard time, you know, like reading the room, like people who have like mental delays or something like that. It's like, what are, you're just, that feels, that feels icky. feels gross. Mm. I think you're right. What, judging somebody like that? Yeah. You think it feels icky and gross? Yeah. I, I think I might come down on the side of this guy. Really? I feel like it might. I mean, if I'm at somebody's house and I'm drinking a, 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 or eating or something, I'm not going to leave dishes in their living room. Would you do that? I don't know. It's uh, it's very, very weird. I, I, if it was a paper cup, I'm throwing in the, in the trash can. I right. feel fine. If it was a ceramic cup and it's in the guy's office or the conference yeah, room, what if, it'd be okay to leave. You're just going to leave it on I the guy's okay. desk? I think that it's you fine. Just, no way. That's not fine. 101.5 WORD. Everybody's talking about it. It's that time. Time for back to school. Back to school. If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Dr. Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. 
Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-511-1991. That's 800-511-1991. 800-511-1991. As a local business owner, you get called every week by marketing companies. We get it. We have hundreds of satisfied customers. Here's what a satisfied client recently said. Open enrollment is going great. We're hitting record numbers. Thank you so much for this report. It really is amazing to see how the marketing is really shaping our enrollment around the city. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Friday, August 18th, join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress. It's our Faith and Family Dinner Cruise. From 6.30 to 9, enjoy a special night out for families, couples, and groups of friends. Featuring a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The Ride Home's John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. But don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinnercruise. We lost our dog a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half or so ago. And uh, so Gus is gone, and we've not replaced Gus. In the interim, we've gotten a couple of cats, but... uh, You're still thinking about it. Well, I feel like we're not home enough for a dog, right? That the house is empty a large part of the day. Yeah, that's not good for a dog. No, it's not. But I regularly regularly look at rescues, Mm -hmm. you know, um... So I saw a piece at Next Pittsburgh where they break down uh, Pittsburgh area shelters and rescues to visit before uh, you adopt your next pet. And they've got a rundown, you know, uh, places to go. Uh, Animal Friends on on Camp Horn Road in Ben Avon. Yep. The slogan is thinking outside the cage, right? Uh, That's a nice place. We went there to look for our Oh, yeah. And we went there a couple times looking for cats. They're super nice there. See, I can't go visit. You can't go visit. No, because I know I'm going to walk out with a pet. Yep. <laughs> right? You know that's going to happen. Alexi, right? right. You know. Yeah. You, you, oh, I'm just going to look. And mm-hmm. of course you can't look because those dogs or the cats or the what? The, right. It's hard to escape. Mm-hmm. Animal advocates on Wabash Street in Elliott. Um, no animals on the premise. It's a primarily foster based. We have family members who foster dogs. Oh, that's such a great God thing to bless do. bless these people. I know. I mean, they regularly have three four five six animals in their in their little house god bless them wow yeah people who are fostering uh they have a senior foster program that offers a way for people age 65 and older to forge a bond with an animal without some of the barriers to having a pet such as cost animal advocates will cover the cost for food treats litter veterinary care and other necessities while the animal stays with the senior Hmm. oh that's very nice um, Hearts of Glass Rescue, 10th Street on the south side. You visit by appointment only. Longtime animal lovers, uh, Nicole Hill Solomon, founded Hearts of Glass as a way to turn caring for animals into a lifestyle. The foster-based rescue takes in all animals despite their physical, mental, or behavioral challenges. 
How about that? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humane Animal Rescue. That's on. Um, that's in Homewood. Right. Hamilton I know that Avenue. one. That's, I've been that's there excellent. too. Excellent. Um, Kitty Queen Cat Rescue on McKnight Road. I don't know that. More of a cat person, you'll love Kitty Queen Cat Rescue. Hang out with potential new friends Where's in that? the Cat Lounge, 4652 McKnight Road. Uh, if you need some quality feline FaceTime, the motto of the No Kill Shelter is No Cat Left Behind. Homeless, unwanted, or special need cats in Western Allegheny County. Uh, if you can't possibly take in more cats but want to just help cats in need, they've got an Amazon wish list. Paws Across Pittsburgh is a 100% foster-based rescue, uh, which is very cool. Uh, rescue and Relax in Edgewood Avenue. Oh, you so, can find the directions. Sorry, up. I was looking for the directions. I didn't realize Siri was going to start speaking to me. Rescue and Relax is a three-part cast res- cat rescue, part cat lounge, part rescue shelter, part resource hub. That's very nice. Sarah's Pets and Plants. Cats and dogs aren't the only types of pets they love. The Small Sharpsburg Pet Supply Store, they also rescue animals with feathers, tails, and scales. So they rescue cares for small mammals, ferrets, hamsters, rats, birds, and reptiles. There's even a tarantula available for adoption. Inside the store, they sell uh, supplies for those types of animals, plus treats and toys. Very nice. South Hills Pets Rescue, Nick Ferrero and Ashley Riddle started South Hills Pet Rescue, taking in 62 dogs of what was then the South Hills Pet Resort. I mean, it's very nice. Lots of places, yeah. lots of animals. Apparently, so is this really the thing that during the pandemic, people rescued or took a, took an animal and now the pandemic's over? They're like, I'm done with this? Yes. I'm going to get done with this? Yes. How do you do that? Yes. I don't know how you do that, but there are a lot of people doing that. That doesn't make sense to me. So my daughter ended up with like a 22-pound rabbit. Oh, Really? What's not that not that she took it, but somebody took it and then got rid and of then it. got rid of it, and then she felt bad, and so now she. Gets What's it. his name? Oh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know. Is there a pet in your future? Maybe mine too. On My Pillow's 20th year anniversary, with over 80 million My Pillows sold, Mike Lindell and the My Pillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their My Pillows. You'll receive a queen size My Pillow for $19.98, regular price is $69.98, and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the My Pillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to my MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954, use promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots for MediShare, and Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff, so... Family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people. My experience has been MediShare has been fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah, and see, a lot of people who switch tell me that. It's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it, and it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, so really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it so 
Um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired of doing all the phone numbers. You're okay. Like, call now. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. Reports of new state requirements for PA public school teachers have many parents concerned about racial equity learning resources in the classroom to gender and identity politics. Now may be a great time to try Christian education, a faith-focused education that believes in transparency, parents, and that values every student. Get half off a year's tuition beginning this fall at a participating school near you, like Pittsburgh Urban Christian School in Wilkinsburg. Learn more at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Pittsburgh Christian Schools, education that believes in you. There's nothing harder than losing someone we love. And when the loss is sudden, our faith is tested. In his book, Seasons of Sorrow, Christian blogger Tim Challies documents his family's journey after the death of his son. He takes us through the first year with a vulnerable openness about how his family dealt with grief and how they found comfort in the gospel. Request Seasons of Sorrow at truthforlife.org slash donate. Wait, so I'm talking about pets and you're, you're looking them up actively? Well, I was just looking, looking up where that, where that cat place was on McKnight Road because I feel like I know McKnight Road really, really well and right. I wasn't sure where it was. So that's a thing now, right? Like cat lounges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go. I have a friend that did this. My friend Dan um, went to the, a cat lounge. I think it's in um, Turtle Creek. A cat lounge? Yeah. And it's somewhere close to there. And he went, sat there and just kind of let the cats come to him. Mm-hmm. And then he went back and then he went back. I mean, he went a lot of times. Really? He probably went, well, I don't know, six or seven times Holy maybe smokes. until finally he was like, okay, that's my cat. That's my cat. And so he got um, Lady Elaine, Fairchild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lady Elaine lived with him for a couple years until she passed away. And then he went back to the mm-hmm. same place and now he has Pixie. Really? Mm hmm. I guess that's so it's kind of cool. it's it's a nice low pressure way to see how cats are right because when we chose our two cats they were like in cages I know it's so, not best it's for hard, everybody isn't it right, right. the cats are freaked right. out you're a little right. free how do you make a judgment then it's very difficult right? I've never I I bought our cats I've had four cats and I bought them all from people from their homes yeah so and th- I'm not saying that that's better because I'm very grateful there are places where there are cats. That they're taking care of cats in cages. You know right. what I mean? Uh, well, these yeah. cats that we have, uh, they were so high strung and so freaked out. Like you would sneeze. They brought, we brought the cats home. You would sneeze. They would literally jump in the air and run away. They because were so traumatized. Because they were so used to living in a barn and having right. to, you know, keep a, keep an eye out for predators all right. the time. Now you come things. home and you know, like they walk up to you and then they like fall down. <laughs> Isn't you that know? great? Like a super well. <laughs> I guess if no one's sneezing, you're like not too worried about anything. I saw in that picture that you sent uh, to us the other day that each of them has their own little cat bed. They do, mm-hmm. with they're by the open windows, and that's, it's like they're living in heaven. That's now. Do they? Does one always go to the same cat bed, or do no, they just no, need no. a cat bed? It's just a cat bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And one of those cats, that Ricky, he's rough, man. He's a rough character. I mean, he like wants carnage. He wants to beat up the other cat. Oh, does he? Yeah. And yeah. I have to go. Hey, hey, hey! Break it up. 
Yeah, that's the story. Now, what of my, is the deal with that? That's a story of my life in my house. Louise. Burton Guster is on Princess Charlotte. Yeah, like, what I mean, is he's that? enforcing the patriarchy every darn day. That's exactly every how... darn day. Hey, Rick, back off, my I friend. Mean, he also, uh, my friend Burton Guster, who's such a he's a wonderful, wonderful cat. But he is the I call him the Tenth Commandment cat mm. because if I feed both cats and they have the same amount. All he can do is look at what she has. Oh, really? All he can do. Can't help himself. He cannot help himself. He cannot help himself. He's got his He'll portion. He'll have more in his bowl, but because it's her bowl, he needs to go over and check it out and just and see. And then he needs to push her out of her bowl. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what is... There's, sin nature. It is Whether sin nature. I'm telling you. It hit the cat. It hit the cat big time. All right. Well, that's us for today. Have yourself a, a lovely evening. It's beautiful out. Have a BLT. That's what I'm having. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.